Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we're going to dive into the application process, what you can do in the interim to get you ready to leave the classroom. everybody, welcome back to my channel. My name is Lena Saleh, the EdTech Guru, where we are disrupting EdTech and education. All right, let's do this. So far in this series, we have focused on where to begin, honing in on what job might be right for you. We also talked about where you can look for those jobs, where you need to network, you should have a revamped resume, a zhuzhed up LinkedIn, and you've already begun to network with different individuals, whether throughout LinkedIn or Clubhouse or within Facebook groups. What's next? Well, we're gonna really dive into the application process and what you can do in the interim. The application process is tedious. So on average, it takes about three to six months for a job hunter to secure a job. Now that's in a normal economy, not a post pandemic economy or really in, in a thriving economy. So just be patient and know that it's going to be a long bumpy ride, jazzing up your resume, adding skills, networking. Those are all the easy parts. The hardest part is waiting and trying to figure out how to really navigate this market. So once you start applying, one tip I have for you is to create a spreadsheet where you link the job that you applied for, maybe your resume template that you use there and the company, just so you can kind of keep track of jobs that you applied for. When you're applying, if you notice an immediate bounce back of your application saying, thank you for your application, we have decided to move in a different direction, like almost immediately, that usually means that are saving your application for the application pool. That usually means that you your application has been kicked from the system. That means that you haven't utilized those tools like JobScan to make sure that your resume meets the needs of the job posting itself. Remember that there is a computerized algorithm that's getting people to the jobs themselves. This is different from a recruiter reaching out to you and recruiting you. This is something for which you're applying for. You start the application process. What does that even mean? I can tell you that when I started the process itself, I started to apply for almost anything and everything that I could to just go through the interview process itself. The interview process for corporate ed tech type of companies, anything that's non-education, non-classroom related is anywhere from three to on the heavy side, about 10. You might be thinking, whoa. The first interview is typically a screener. This is usually with the HR team or with a recruiter who will just discuss with you why you fit the job. And if they feel that you've checked the certain boxes then they will move you on to the next part of the process. And that's usually meeting with your direct manager. And during that process, you'll meet with the direct manager. And this is where the real true interview will take place. During this part of the process, once you get past the recruiter and even with the recruiter, you need to have some really valid questions to ask them. You need to make sure that you go into the job with some research. I noticed that you closed this and this amount of funding. Do you have any strategic goals for 2021? Can you give me a bit more information about how you support collaboration and personal growth in your company? Just some different strategic questions that you can ask. And I'll link a document down below in the notes that you can check out on your own and see some questions that you think might feel that way. Remember this part of the process is you're also interviewing the company. So you want to feel comfortable 
throughout this process. Once you meet with the direct manager who will be managing you, you will either meet with another manager or you might meet with a member from the team. And then at this point in the process, you typically will do some kind of a project. If you join any of these groups, you'll see that sometimes your work, (laughs) this happened to me, I wrote some curriculum and an article and all of a sudden there it appeared on their website with free work. So just kind of keep that in mind when you are doing that is you will have some sort of a project, whether that's developing a scope and sequence if you're becoming a curriculum developer. If you're in the realm of sales, you'll be coming up with a demo and a pitch deck for which you're going to be pitching the product. So that's a lot of research that we'll be going into that point. Make sure you're prepared. That's the number one tip I can promise you for anything. There's been a couple of times when I started to begin this transition where I thought I had the cat in the bag and I knew everything I could because I used the company before in my classroom and I've been using it for years. And let me tell you what, when I walked out of that phone screener with the manager, uh, my fiance can even say this, I look like I had just taken a shower because I had sweat so much during that interview that because I was just unprepared for what it looked like in a more corporate environment. Now, just keep in mind that you're not typically going to get the first job that you applied for right out the back. So just take each and every single interview that you do with a grain of salt and know that the next time can be better. You can always write a follow-up email. Actually, I suggest you write a follow-up email to whoever you interview with to thank them for their time and to just follow up with maybe a few questions or if they could provide you with some feedback or even some highlights from the interview that you enjoyed. I really enjoyed talking with you about this and I can't wait to meet the next member of the team. You know, really hype yourself up and really let them know that you are really interested in moving forward. But always, always, always send a thank you email. Once you get past the part of the project, you'll probably meet with the higher ups of the company. This is where you're going to really have some really strategic talks. I have a friend who works for a high level company, a high level startup. Most of you have heard of them. And this process was intense, asking really strategic points about what what you would do about certain things because they want to make sure that this is just as much of an investment for them as it is for you. You want to make sure that your fundamentals and your beliefs and your work style fit with the flow of the company. Anything that's startup, which is most tech companies, even Uber is a startup, so just keep that in mind, are very much looking for people that are going to work hard. If you want to be more lackadaisical, you're not sure that you want to be super hardworking. Now, most of us are teachers. We've carried 900,000 hats. That's why ed tech startups and any kind of startup really works well for teachers. Then I suggest going for some kind of a bigger company like a Pearson or something that is what we call legacy companies, something that's been around for a really long time where you just do one job every day until you really hone in on those skill sets. So the application process can be quite tedious. You may not get callbacks. You may take you years and years for you to hear back. I just recently, just a few months ago, received a rejection letter from a company that I had applied for three and a half years ago. So it can be quite long before you might ever hear anything. If you're not hearing anything or you're hearing something immediately, that usually means that you have something in your resume that either didn't fit what they were looking for or more times than not, it just, you had something in your resume. Like I said, that's like that algorithmic part 
that didn't happen. Now I know at some of the companies that I work for, they actually never even write rejection emails because in the slight chance that they want to go back and look through applications again, they're there because they, the minute you send a rejection, then you have to do a reapplication. So sometimes these companies hold on to it for forever. I can tell you, honestly speaking from my current position, I had not heard anything for months and months after my third interview. And I just thought I had been ghosted. So sometimes they'll come back. I did send a follow-up email. I sent just a couple of follow-up emails asking about the position, just letting them know that I did have a level of interest. And then a few months later, I got the job offer and ended up talking with the CEO as my last step. Sometimes you'll even talk with the team. So just keep in mind that the the interview process is quite tedious. I would even suggest to apply for some jobs that you might be less interested in, even if it's something salesy or something super entry level, just so you can get the interview process under your belt and get a little bit familiar with it. It still takes me reps and reps to do it and I have to practice and I record myself. I'll find um, interview questions from that position that I'm applying for and I will sit there and I'll record myself and practice back and forth just to practice my facial expression. Most of these jobs are either remote, they might be in person, but right now most things are still interviewing remote. So you want to make sure that you're animated and you're happy and they can kind of see that from you in that process. And always, like I mentioned, always have questions prepared. If you feel like it's a little bit too, I recently asked some questions about some really strategic moves that the company is going to be making. They're just important conversations. You want to know that the company has a long reach plan and you just want to have some top level questions that you ask at the interview process and and send a follow-up. So it's just going to take a while. I have people that I know that have applied at this point to hundreds of jobs and you know the job process takes quite a while. So take, take each day and do five or six applications and making sure that you're modifying each of those because you know the process for applying for applications can be hours long. And sometimes they even have a a screener inside of the interview itself. When I came to Texas and I went to a school district, it was a one-sided screener. There were questions that popped up immediately on the screen. I had to answer them and I never saw anyone on the back end, something I honestly wasn't prepared for, but you can keep in mind that something like that may also happen. That typically doesn't set you up for the best success. So just maybe, you know, kind of keep that in mind. And if you feel like you have a red flag in the interview process, <laughs> it's probably something is letting you know that in general. You know, when you become an, a teacher, you apply one time with a group of people and you don't really get enough of a feel or not enough of a feel for what your team actually looks like, what the building morale is. So making sure you're asking those questions because you want to make sure that you're making this investment to leave the classroom, that it's at least a good fit for you. If it's not, and you end up taking a position that you might be less than happy with, you can work there for six, seven, eight months, you know, set maybe like a year, done it as a teacher, you can do it here to gain the skill sets that you need to be able to move on to the next position. I have a friend who left the classroom. She ended up becoming a recruiter at Google, and then she's moved around quite a bit since then. But the minute she changed her title to accepted a position and added that it had, she had been in the job maybe just four or five weeks, and she was already getting recruited for a new position. So once you make that change, that's going to happen. So I just think that's something to keep in mind, keep a repository of that, make sure you send a follow-up email and that you come in prepared with interview questions for that part of the process. 
Now, something else that I want to mention besides just the interview process and what it looks like and how tedious and time consuming it is, don't get down on yourself. It took me a year. I was thinking about leaving the classroom one whole year before I actually left the classroom and I had applied for jobs and positions and it might just take a while. So just keep that in mind. Something else that I want to mention is with teaching, just know that if you do decide to step away out of the classroom with any position that you have, they have to offer you what's called, I have a lot of concerns about this question, so I'm going to answer this here, something called COBRA. Basically, when you leave an employer, they have to continue offering you coverage. Obviously, you pay for it out of pocket, but you can also, if you end up working, let's say part-time for a company, you can bump that into your hourly rate and know that you're going to have to cover your insurance. So you don't have to be completely uninsured during that time. Also, it's in your best interest to meet with either a financial planner or someone from like Edward Jones or something like that. You can either move your retirement fully over. That's what I did. I pulled all of my finances out. This isn't something that somebody normally tells you, but I pulled all my finances and put them into a different type of retirement fund. And honestly, I've gained more interest in that time frame than I would have gained in all those years uh, in the classroom. So that's also something to kind of consider. Now, what do you do in the interim? So you've been taking classes, you've been judging up your resume, continue to network as much as possible and just give yourself what I like to say grace and know that you're probably going to apply for hundreds of jobs before you actually get the position. I think I counted my record that I had applied for like almost 250 jobs. Did that mean that I wasn't worthy? No, but it just means that you have to just continue and you'll find the right place for you in the right place. And you'll also get more reps and you'll become better with each and every single interview that you go through. Now, in the interim, what you can do is you continue to take those, those classes and you network, but you can also apply for part-time positions. There's a lot of part-time teaching. There's also a lot of part-time roles, like maybe part-time social media, maybe part-time something. So pick up a part-time position, especially right now in the summer. And there's tons of opportunities for even online teaching. It may not be something that you are, listen, you're not going to fall in love with something that's a part-time position. It's just something to get also additional experience and get paid for it on the side. Most of the times when we do this stuff, we just have to do it. It's just something that you have to do all these extra duties that are on your plate. It's just something that you definitely need to consider is, you know, doing a part-time consultant. Now, if you do accept this part-time consultancy, there is a certain, I'll link the article below, but there is a certain way of which you have to determine what your hourly rate is. And I will discuss that more so in this next negotiations. In my next episode, I will discuss negotiations and how to handle when you do accept position. So today we have covered knowing that the application process is long and bumpy, having patience with yourself, giving yourself some sort of a repository where you're keeping all of the links to the jobs that you've applied for. I also suggest adding the job description because it will go down and you won't be able to even see what the job description is in the case that you can call for an interview and then linking like your resume copy. So keeping everything in the Google Drive or Dropbox or Teams or wherever you want to keep it and keeping like a running repository of all the jobs that you've applied for. And then just continue on, continuing on. Keep networking. Somebody is going to know someone somewhere. Don't be afraid to accept a part-time position just to gain experience and exposure. My goal of doing this series is to give you all the tools nobody gave me because I think it's a very important thing that as teachers, we don't have this skill set and something that our corporate team members will have. Please comment below, share these videos with people that you might know is interested. Next week, we will focus on what to do when you're offered the job and how to negotiate. And that will be the last episode in our series. So I want to thank you so much again for following along. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and comment below, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 
Thank you so much for following along on this journey. My name is Lena Saleh, the EdTech Guru. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and comment below. And until next time.